Welcome to Tramlines, a podcast from Agri. I'm your host, Tony Smith, putting your questions to the experts. In this episode, we're talking to Agri's Ruth Mann, Head of Integrated Crop Technologies, and Don Pendergrast, Technical Manager, Non-Combinable Crops. Today, we're going to be looking into integrated pest management and asking, what is it? And what does that mean for your farm enterprise? So, good morning to you both. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. And, and great to uh, have you here on Tramlines. I'm really excited about the topic we're going to be talking about today. Um, so, Ruth, can I ask you first, what actually is IPM? So, integrated management is a practice based on creating bespoke management plans tailored to the exact crop in that field with that weather pattern in each year but also taking into account the longer term view so that you enhance productivity over multiple years. In reality, it's many of the building blocks that that are already being used by growers within the industry. We just don't add it together to think about it in that integrated pest management terms. So it's just really determining the correct management of the soil in each field, what nutrients are present, what nutrients might be needed and when, the correct crop, the right seed rates, the right variety, the right cultivation methods, the time of sowing, the risks of any pest, weeds and diseases, as well as the control methods, including biosolutions and plant protection products, the optimal time of application, both in relation to the crop growth stage, but also in relation to the pathogen life cycle development and the conducive weather conditions that may be coming in the immediate future. And just looking at how we can link all of those together to create the optimal yield and quality of each crop over multiple years. So it's quite a lot of things, if you like, all coming together. And I like the way you phrase that it it ends up with, with good or great crop productivity. I mean, that we need a, a sustainable farm business, don't we? Um, you, you mentioned just before we came on air, so to speak, that uh, this is one key direction that DEFRA is taking. Uh, tell us more about that. So as part of the 25-year management plan, DEFRA are really looking for growers to take up integrated pest management or integrated crop management um, as a way of being able to demonstrate um, a more environmentally sensitive um, farming method. Um, so it's it's looking at that in terms of what elements of, of bespoke management plans are growers taking up um, and what elements do we need to improve on so that we can get the knowledge and the understanding of how best to create the interactivity of all of these different building blocks to come together to create that increased productivity. And we're probably in a place where the horticultural markets or the turf market, for example, are a bit further ahead than broadacre agriculture. So we've just got to look at, at how we encourage this and bring it all together. And Don, in your recent podcast on Tramlines, which was all about biosolutions, this is very much a part of that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think as Ruth, as, as, as Ruth has just explained, there's lots of there's lots of different elements and it's building those things together. Um, but absolutely, biosolutions and the integration of biosolutions in the broad programme um, both in terms of improving sort of nutrient nutrient utilization, which impacts crop productivity, and also biocontrol 
uh, of, you know, of, of, of whatever the particular pest or pathogen um, you're potentially dealing with is, is definitely, definitely part of the solution uh, and probably an area that, that I think we've been forced in horticulture to move probably more rapidly on than, than in arable. Um, and so I think that's kind of the, the challenge that we're, we're sort of particularly focusing on at the moment from my side anyway. Yeah, sure. And, and I'd like to come back to you in a minute, actually, and hear about that uh, uh, incredible work that you've been doing with the strawberry crop. So we'll come back to that in a minute, Don. Uh, for the moment, Ruth, you spoke about encouraging farmers to think about eight steps, the, the building blocks. Can you take us through some of those so that we can sort of understand what that looks like or what that could look like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the way I, I like to think about them is is looking at it in terms of how you would go about managing a, a crop from, from um, start to finish. So it's always going to start with the soil. Um, and in reality, you know, from the soil aspect, it's looking at the pH of the soil, the organic matter that's there, how you can build the organic matter, um, how you can obtain the most nutrients from that soil that's already there, um, and the hygiene as well, how we can ensure that um, from the crop that's gone before, we've got appropriate amounts of hygiene so that the soil is ready to take on the next crop. We've then got to think about crop rotation because this is a longer term plan. So what you do this year in this crop will affect the next crop, et cetera, et cetera. So we're always looking at within that crop rotation, how we can use that to control or manage some of the pests, weeds and diseases but also how we can use that to inform what could come at a later date. And then cultivation techniques, um, depending on you know, where you are on, on that sort of conventional to the, to the regen um, continuum, you may have different areas, different types of cultivations that you want to use. How does that interact with the crop that you want to grow, what machinery you need, um, how effective, you can be in managing crop hygiene or in managing some of the, the challenges like black grass and, um, and various diseases. Then we want to think about the, um, the, cult the cultivar, um, using resistant or tolerant cultivars, how that fits into what your end goals are and how you can go about achieve achieving that. Again, that long-term view, we want to think about protecting and enhancing beneficial organisms um, within, within the system so that we can try to reduce, for example, the amount of insecticide that might be used in any crop if we can encourage beneficials that are going to feed on those pest species. We also want to think about balanced nutrition so that we are enhancing the best crop that we possibly can um, and, and using that as a way of, of creating our initial building blocks in getting yield established um, within the crop from the very beginning. We also need to be monitoring any of the harmful organisms, so any pest, weeds and diseases, um, looking for thresholds, looking for what type of, of control measures we might be wanting to put in place and how they will best control those harmful organisms um, so that we're ready to, um, to treat as and when we need to. And then also thinking about the application of the plant protection products. And these could be biosolutions like biopesticides uh, through to plant um, traditional plant protection products um, like fungicides for our diseases. But thinking within that of the appropriate time and optimal time to apply those at the appropriate dose rate with all of the different additives that can help to encourage and 
um, ensure optimal control of, of the pathogens. So ensuring that we get our application techniques correct and the right time for the active ingredient to actually control the pest weeder disease. And if we are gonna go with the biosolutions, thinking about how we can get those in relation to both the crop growth stage, as well as the pathogen life cycle development, um, which therefore means that we need to really start to look much more at the decision support systems um, and how we can use those to determine the risk from various different pathogens, pests and weeds. So in many ways, Ruth, that, that, that tells me that really that's, that's how a lot of farmers are approaching their crop production. But so, so what's the difference going forwards? What do they need or will they need to start thinking of doing more? So it's looking at each of these individual building blocks, which we currently do very, very well, but how do we create the interreactivity among them um, so that we get the absolute best and start to build um, something that's greater than the sum of its parts. So in that cultivar that you've chosen to use, which of the cultivation methods sits it best? Does it go best if you direct drill or, or does it perform better in a conventional? Um, method of establishment. When you're looking at the plant protection products, if we're going to go for some of the biosolutions, they tend to work much better at, at low or medium disease risk, for example. Um, but if we're looking to apply those at a point where you're looking for curative or eradicant control because you already have the symptoms of disease present, are we getting the best out of them? Would we be better using decision support systems that looks at the risk of that pathogen coming in that can then inform us to be applying those products at a much earlier stage so that we're getting um, uh, much better control because we're applying the products at exactly the right time. Thanks, Ruth. Very interesting indeed. Uh, Don, I understand that you've been doing a lot of work in the horticultural market, particularly strawberries, where you've put all of these ideas, this concept together to end up with a, a really, really great outcome. So can you take us through what, what, what was that project about and, and what did you do maybe differently to what you've done in the past? Well, it's probably also worth saying um, before I go exactly into, go into the details of that, that within horticulture, there's probably been, there's probably been a greater pressure to look at some of these, this sort of this whole area of integration. And I think probably the, the thought process is further, further down the line, just listening as Ruth kind of outlined it. Um, I think an interesting sort of point is, is for instance in horticulture, beneficials is a really critical area, particularly when we look at the at, at, at sort of the, the fruit, top fruit um, scenarios, where actually certain insecticides are not used at all. Uh, or using incredibly limited levels um, because, because of actually the, the need to make sure you're keeping the right beneficials. In, and I'm not just talking about pollinators, I'm talking about beneficial, beneficial predatory insects. Um, so I think there's actually some, some clear examples. And the other thing in the horticultural area, which leads us into the strawberries, is of course, there's the pressure in terms of the availability of products um, there's also the pressure in terms of the sort of MRL aspect of things. So I think fundamentally, if you ask most people, they, they really wouldn't be expecting to be eating a strawberry that had that uh, that had been treated with a with a pesticide in any way, shape or form. Um, so actually, that pressure has been there for quite a while now. 
Um, so the project we were running was run at um, Lathcoats, which is a commercial growing enterprise uh, near Chelmsford. Um, and, um, and, and they were very helpful for us as a, as a host over the two years. Uh, and the project was supported by Bayer and Certis Belchim um, with a view to kind of building an overall integrated, uh, integrated um, management program for the control of powdery mildew. And basically trying to put together a whole program of control. Um, that program had to be bespoke. Um, we did it over two years. Um, we focused primarily on control of powdery mildew. Um, but what we wanted to really look at is could you put together a, a proper integrated program maximizing your bio solutions products um, in with, whilst using the necessary conventional chemistry. Um, we had different, slightly different programs in the two different years, although we used the same products. That was because actually seasons vary, which is an important point. So there isn't, there isn't a single solution that fits all. You have to deal with the situation in front of you. Um, but actually we had two very successful years. Um, the, the trials basically were done on a field commercial scale. So they were kind of practical um, to sort of, to, to what was gonna happen in actual field, field agriculture. Um, and what we saw was that we improved the overall yield uh, of the crop in terms of the, the, the sort of the yield production of the strawberries. Um, we also improved the, um, we also improved the disease control. Um, we think actually that's because the reality is that using a, a range of biocontrol products, we actually got better control because of the issues of uh, the sort of the issues that, that are sort of underlying in terms of resistance. Um, and we also improved the quality of the strawberries. Um, so, um, so they actually ended up coming out both looking better um, and actually being of a better, being of a better sort of marketable quality. And the other big win was there was no residues uh, um, as, as we would have expected with the, with the program. Um, and also the ability to go back into the crop on a more regular basis. So effectively you were reducing the re-entry period from, from three days to one day by using the, the right biocontrols at the right time. Um, potentially makes a massive difference in terms of the overall yield that you can achieve and particularly that's good in sort of a pick your own type scenario um, as well. So overall very, very successful sort of couple of years. What we really want to demonstrate was that you could build a program um, around bio, around the sort of bio solutions and integrated approach uh, and do that in a successful, a successful, sustainable manner. And it sounds like you had some well, many wins uh, with that particular project. So, yeah, very exciting. Yeah, absolutely, uh, very exciting. Really, really positive results. Um, we probably didn't have, the, if I'm brutally honest, we probably didn't have the two highest powdery mildew years. But actually, it was what was practical in the commercial situation. So we're continuing to look at that and to develop the program. Thanks, Don. And Ruth, I'd like to come back to something that you said right at the start of this podcast. You talked about the long-term view. How does that help us bring all of this together? So it's by taking that, that long-term view, you're looking at, at how you're expecting your productivity to increase or, um, or be maintained as we go forward. Um, so looking at what can you do this year um, and, and next year in terms of, for example, cover crops to try and build the organic matter, 
within um, within the soils. Um, so that you're always looking at that next stage. Um, you know, could we use, for example, um, sensors in the ground to determine um, levels of nitrogen um, that are available to the crop, as well as with the use of drones, determine what um, green leaf area you've got. So you can therefore start to build um, plans and programs to determine just how much nitrogen that crop will need, because you know what's in the ground to begin with, you know what's available in the ground at the time, and you know at what point um, or what growth stage your crop is at. You can look at you know, tissue testing to determine what nutrients are already in the crop. And then with that, create that bespoke measure of how much nutrition is now needed to get the absolute um, ultimate yield from that crop. And then start to add in all the other things. You know, the, the risk of yellow rust or septoria is this. What can you do to start to prevent that? In terms of biosolutions, when do they need to be applied? When's the risk of disease coming in? How does that interact with the cultivar that's there, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's looking at the each individual building block, but then how we start to add all of those together to create that higher level. So to bring all of this together, as we come towards the end of this podcast, what top tips, what messages would you like to leave our listeners with today? Don? Um, is to engage where you can with the Green Horizons project um, that, that Agri, Agri, Agri are obviously pioneering and driving forward and to talk to your agronomists because they will be getting that information through you know they are the they are the point of of kind of they're the point of bringing all that work that we're doing together to you in your situation and we said early on that it is about a situational approach. There is no one size fits all. It's a toolbox and you apply the right tools to the to the right situation. Thank, thank you, Don. Uh, Ruth, what would be your top tips to offer up today? So everything Don's just said, but I'm going to be the scientist and say it's data, data and data. The more data you collect on your crop each year and relate that to multi-years, um, and the reason the agronomist is so effective in what they do is that they automatically collect data from every field they walk um, in multiple different situations, multiple different environmental conditions, different varieties, different um, management systems. And that's what makes them so effective at being able to determine what specifically is needed for each crop in each situation. And that's all down to data. And I can really hear the value of the agronomist in terms of gleaning that data to use on farm. In terms of IPM, how should we think of it when we are looking at individual farms and individual fields? In terms of IPM, it's it's bespoke to you and and your farm, your crop, your fields. It's a long-term view, not just the short-term what could happen this year, and it's all about enhancing productivity for the future. Well, thank you, Ruth Mann and Don Pendergast for spending some time with us today, helping us to understand what IPM really could mean for UK growers. That's it for this podcast, but do tune in again as we meet the experts throughout the season, exploring the many immediate and longer-term questions for growers and farmers in the UK. If you have any questions that you'd like us to ask the experts, email info at agri.co.uk. See you next time.